Hello and welcome at long last, finally, praise the Lord, to episode 67 of Booze, Booms and Busts. My dear listeners, there has been quite a hiatus here, uh, we, which we regret very deeply. But sadly, it's because my dear co-host, Sam Volkering, has been rather unwell in recent weeks, sadly. Sam, tell us, was it the Wu flu? Is that what's taking you out of action? I, I wish. I wish it was the Wu flu. That, that probably would have been better than what I've had. Um, I've just had the... Well, I don't know what it is. I haven't, I haven't gone to the doctor or anything, but it's all signs point to just a very decent bout of the flu and a bit of sinusitis uh, off the back of that. So I've been sick for the last two weeks and uh you can probably even hear it in my voice it, it usually adds to my aussie twang uh still not fully recovered yet uh believe it or not but much much better now uh good enough that i can consume some booze uh, i've taken a day off the antibiotics um <laughs> because it's it's christmas party time um but yeah it's been a shit house couple of weeks to be honest well, thank goodness that you're back, Sam. I must say, uh, I have been really missing recording this show. I must say, I did get a you know a couple of messages on our Twitter asking if we'd you know just hung up our, our glasses for good and wouldn't uh, wouldn't be recording anymore. And uh, no, no, quite the opposite. We we are very keen on carrying on this show. But sadly, you know, when uh, when the flu hits, when uh, the Sigma variant hits Sam Volkering, you know, you got to take uh, got to take some time off. But yeah, Sam. I mean, it's been, it feels like forever since we recorded our know, last. Right? <laughs> Let's check in. When what's well, a, lot, a lot has changed in just a few weeks, you know. Hasn't it just? I mean, I don't even know where to start. Um, uh, Jesus, whether it's the stock market which is tanking, the crypto market which is sort of doing the same thing, um, the the central banks which are the inverse of tanking, I suppose. Um, Melania Trump's launching a NFT platform on uh, Solana. <laughs> I don't know. Where the fuck? We could go so many places with this. Robin Hood getting wrecked. Um, oh, yeah. Getting rugged. Oh, my God. Um, I, it's uh, Omicron. I mean, fuck. Last, last time we did this, there wasn't even a thing called the Omicron variant. Um, yeah, yeah. They're not, they didn't do the she variant, did they? They wanted to skip she for some they reason. They skipped she. I think they'd be very selective over the Greek alphabet um, letters that they're choosing to run with here. Mm. Do you know, so, so there's something interesting on this is that I was like, oh, imagine if there's an Omicron crypto. And so I jumped onto, onto the crypto markets and there is, there's an Omicron crypto. And it, it, it literally 10x at one point. Um, and so now I'm like, okay, so what's the next Greek alphabet letter that yeah. they're going to And could you imagine if there's another strain? And then all of a sudden, they just decide to use that. They decide to call it the iota strain. Mm. Oh, what? Finally, <laughs> people have been who've been bag holding that thing for so long are finally going to be redeemed when uh, when the right strain of the virus hits. What, what's your what would you say is your favorite uh, Greek out letter letter of the Greek alphabet, Sam? You got you got a favorite? Um, Omega was always a, a, has always been the sort of one I naturally have an affinity with for some reason. Nothing to do with the watches, but when I was a little kid, um, I, I remember I was I was staying I was staying I wasn't staying I was at a friend of my mum and dad's place. So we'd we'd gone round for dinner, or they'd gone round for dinner, and and they'd sort of us kids had tagged along, and um, for some for some reason we ended up um, in like the the the, the playroom, 
watching a VHS copy of the Omega Man movie. Oh, right, yeah. Um, and as a little kid, it's, it's pretty fucking terrifying. I'm not going to lie. Oh, <laughs> and I think it permanently scarred me for life. <laughs> you love Omega now. <laughs> but, but I loved, I actually loved it. It was, it was terrifying, but I kind of loved it at the same time. A ripping movie too. The original Omega Man is, is a fantastic film. Um, but yeah, for some reason, it's it just every time I, I, I see Omega, I think, I think of Omega Man. All right. That's interesting. I think that on the on the topic of ripping and Omega, uh, the the symbol Omega always reminds me of the God of War series mm. uh, on PlayStation, which they yeah. always use the Omega symbol because the main character is uh, is a, is this Greek God of War, which they made up. So in the game, you play as a, a Spartan general uh, who is made is turned insane by Ares, the, who is the Greek God of War, in order to become like a really uh, really brutal bloody warrior or even more brutal and bloodier than he was before and uh and uh, he ends up killing his wife and kid in a fit of rage and so he goes off to go and kill Ares, who's the one who made him insane so you kill Ares in the first game and then you become the god of war and uh they always use that big omega symbol um yeah I'm, i think i think probably theta i'm waiting for the theta variant oh yeah that's uh, a good Theta is my favorite. It's, uh, it's used in derivatives to, um, as, a, as, a, as a unit. Well, not actually a unit, but theta is a measurement of a derivative's time decay. Uh, so it's how sensitive a certain derivative, a financial instrument is to the passage of time. Uh, and I've always quite liked it. The symbol is a, is, a, is a zero with a line through the middle, which I think is quite cool. But yeah, maybe we'll get that theta variant. I mean, it does feel like they're just handing them out. Like that, well, yeah. If they, if they can skip letters, it's effectively like they're just opening it up. I mean, they can be anything. It's not it's not orthodox if they if they're just skipping letters now, right? We could get. Yeah, I mean, well, they're definitely going to come out with more variants. Like this isn't going to be the last one, is it? Mm. Oh well, of it, no, certainly not. Just like this booster isn't going to be the last the last booster. I mean, um, you know, they're just going to keep rolling them out. Just keep keep them boosters going. Yeah, I mean, I had this conversation with uh, a friend of ours, Harry, uh, and he was like, oh, are you guys going to get boosted or not? And I'm just like, I was thinking about it and I was like, I don't think I am because I'm not really sure who I'm protecting anymore. Like the, the kind of the kind of just did it because I wasn't that worried about side effects of the initial jabs, although they did hurt my arm a bit. No, I didn't really suffer from them at all. But this time around, it's kind of like, well, if everyone's vaccinated, and we can still get it if we're vaccinated. And you can still spread it. And it's not sending us to hospital. What's the point? Well, uh, somebody uh, who would be very much on the fringe, uh, no doubt labeled a conspiracy theorist by uh, the mainstream, would argue that you are protecting AstraZeneca's fourth quarter profits. <laughs> But uh, I mean, look, yeah, realistically, the smart play here is Pfizer and Moderna, right? I mean, it would, the smart play was, was them in 2020, but even even now, is it is it too late for these kinds of stocks? Oh yeah, I don't, I don't want to even want to go near it. I think though, you know, maybe you're missing out on a massive trend. I mean, biotech over the past 20 years. I mean, if we even go before we flew, there were some incredible rallies that we've seen in very large biotech firms, and not even the small cap stuff. Um, a very interesting space. I mean, Sam, do you reckon uh, you reckon we could see another lockdown? I mean, I do see. Seems like it. 
You think? I think in January, they're probably just going to say, oh, it's out of control now. We have to lock it down to save. What can we save this time? So we save well, the, the NHS. It, it, mate, it's the gift that keeps giving. Like they'll just say the, they've said save the NHS so many times. Save the uh, pubs. They'll, they'll probably say save. It's for the hospitality industry's own good. Save the pubs. It's like, no, save, save, save for Derna. Like you said, save Moderna's third quarter profits. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I really it's hope they're mental, though, isn't it? It's disproportionate, right? Oh, mate, it's ridiculous. But, you know, I, uh, you know, I don't, um, I'm, I'm not a fan of lockdowns in general. I, I think the, the second order effects of lockdowns we've yet to really see. I think we've screwed up an entire generation of kids yeah. uh, in more so than any other post-war generation besides maybe some of the, some of the, uh, the Gen Xers who went to war. On, uh, so on, on that, right. So, um, We've done a couple of school tours recently because Max is now getting to that age where we need to start sort of looking at schools that he won't go to next year, but he'll go to the year after. And we were, I was talking to one of the assistant heads at one of the schools we were doing, and she was saying that after the first lockdown and kids started going back to school, uh, the older kids sort of adapted back to school life really well because they, they craved that interaction with each other and, and, and the school and that whole community. She said, but there was one really specific segment of kids that struggled hardcore. And it was the kids that were coming into year, I think it was year two, she said, because they're like first year of um, reception, whatever you guys call it here. In Australia, we call it prep, but it's the same thing. That sort of- Is this like nursery? Yeah, or something like that, right? Um, That first year of school. Right. All right. So, all right. Okay. Okay. So they're five to six. So, so that year for them had been full of disruption, lockdowns, and they never really acclimatized to the school environment. And so they they came back into it, and she and she was saying that they would just struggled socially. They struggled learning. She said it was clear that there was a you know significant developmental impact on these kids. And uh, you could have seen that coming, right? Sorry. Who could have seen that coming, right? Well, exactly right. I mean, this is this is the thing, and, and this is why in the North Shropshire by-election, uh, people are starting to vote uh, with their voting fingers, and they're saying enough is enough of this bullshit. And the Tories and the Labour Party both got crated, uh, and the Lib Dems took a sweeping uh, victory. I'm not exactly sure what Lib Dems stand for at the moment. I'm not sure what any. Uh, I think it. I think it's a sign of more more to come with with this sort of thing, right? Ah, oh, well, I mean, I really hope they don't do a, another lockdown. Um, on the topic of uh, kids just getting screwed up and being completely left behind, I think there's so much. Yeah, it's just such a bad situation. I think in general, this is a massive generalization, but I think boomers uh, are, are just too, so afraid uh, that they'll they'll happily sacrifice the wealth, prosperity, and happiness of uh, a lot of other people. Obviously, this is not all boomers, uh, you know, but I'm just saying that, that there is a large, uh, a lot of old people in this country uh, are just a little too afraid. And uh, people who got comfortable during lockdown and wanted it to keep going is, uh, you know, it's a very sad state of affairs. A very yeah. sad state of affairs indeed. And I really, for, you know, there was something on Twitter the other day. I don't know, you know, it could be bullshit, uh, like so many things. But, you know, it was just, a, you know, a, a kid's, kid's playbook. And uh, it was saying how uh, the you know some kid at, at a school uh, had been drawing masks on all of the characters because they didn't look normal otherwise. 
it's just like yeah it's just screwed up uh it's very, i really do fear what those kids are going to be like when they're older because there's going to be you know there were already so many mental health issues uh from just the millennial generation I mean, they're, they're going to be day traders aren't they uh, well, I mean, that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's maybe the, the, the bright, the bright, that's the silver lining we can take out of it. Yeah. yeah I mean, uh, so, I mean, if they're going to be day traders, they've got to use the platform, right? And we, we, we have to talk about the Robin rug, the, the Robin rug situation, right? I saw a tweet. I think I forwarded it to you. I, I'm, so I'm, I'm down in London at the moment. Uh, I, I came in for the office Christmas party um, because Omicron can suck my balls um, so basically on the way down, I was looking at Twitter as I usually do. And I saw this great tweet and I can't remember who it was from, but it was like, if you loved Robin Hood at $80, you're going to love it at 18 because that's about where it's at at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that, uh, especially with, uh, all of the things that Robin Hood has come to symbolize during the lockdown period. Right. Uh, yeah. Robin, Robin Hood got rugged has been rugged post IPO. So and, I, I, was, I, was, I was talking about this with uh, Kit the other day as well. And uh, we were looking back at 2021 and just trying to remember of like all the crazy things. Like how long ago does it, does it feel with all the meme stock and the short squeeze phenomenon and Wall Street bets and, and Robin Hood? Like it feels like it was forever ago, but it was only this year. That is crazy, isn't it? Really crazy. Yeah, funnily enough, um, when I was in Sweden, which was just a year ago, feels, yeah, feels nearer in time than all of the Robert, the Wall Street bet stuff, uh, which is kind of weird. Yeah, last year feels closer than, than, than like April. Yeah, big time, big time. Um, damn, what a, yeah, what a, what a mess. I really hope they don't do, it, do the lockdowns, but uh, I've already lost so much faith in the government here. Well, I mean, I didn't have faith in governments in general, but just in terms of the uh, sort of self-serving nature of it all. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a tricky situation, right? Because I'm, I'm with you. I, I've had enough of this bullshit. I, it, the, the damage that is being done uh, under these false pretenses of saving whatever the they, whatever's the flavor of the day for them um, is nonsense. It's, it's wrecking far more than, than they realize. Um, and so I'm like, no, nah, fuck it. If, if they're going to lock us down, I'm not, I'm not buying into it. I'm not doing shit. Um, but the problem is, right, is that, you know, there are businesses, small businesses that will get fined and they'll get, you know, they'll, they'll suffer the consequences if they too choose to, uh, you know, not take the knee for the government. Um, and so what do you do? What, what happens in a situation where, you know, I don't want to, I won't participate in the lockdowns, but what am I going to do? Because everything's going to be shut because they don't want to get shut down themselves. Mm, yeah. Sad state of affairs. I guess speakeasy. you've got to open a, open a speakeasy. Yeah. That's, that's the big trade. That's what, uh, that's what we're bullish on today is speakeasies. Well, um, so do the, do, does this mean like, it just feels like it's going to be a very interesting situation, but probably a repeat. If they we're on a lockdown, it's just going to be a repeat. Is the market going to repeat? Like, are we going to... Is, is that's the thing. Inflation is so high now. Um, can it repeat? Can the, same, can the same trends repeat when inflation is already blowing its ass out yeah so well that's right so this time around right in the inflation inflation's already kicked off now and they've already pumped fucking trillions into the global economy um if all of a sudden they shut that shit down again i'm not i'm not 100 sure what happens i'm trying to the think initial, I'm trying to the think. initial inflation data will look very deflationary just because there's so much less 
economic activity. But yeah. uh, when it does start to recover, it will be even more extreme on the upside, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I still, I struggle to see how, how we won't be seeing double digit inflation within the next 12 months. I mean, we, we've been saying this for a long time. Mm. It was going to start, inflation numbers were going to ratchet up. They already have so much so that it's finally forced the hand of the Bank of England. And they've just done an obligatory 25 uh, basis points. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We are, we are so lucky here in this country. We have no <laughs> 0.25% interest rates, you know. 0.25. A lot of people don't have that. A lot of people don't have that. Euro in Turkey, I mean, bro, 50% inflation. <laughs> and they announced 50% wage increases. It's like, oh, man. Man. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we are. It's all a relative game, I guess. Uh, but, you know, there's an old, uh, you know, um, there's an old Calvin and Hobbes strip I remember where he's <laughs> sitting, uh, sitting at the dinner table and he doesn't want to eat his dinner. And, uh, and he, he just, you know, for whatever reason, he, he doesn't like it. And his mother says, things could be a lot worse, Calvin. And he responds, yeah, well, things could be a lot better too. <laughs> and, uh, you know, obviously, you know, it's pretty, pretty rough out there, but uh, it's a bad, it just feels like a bad situation. Not getting enough of that Christmas cheer, Sam. Need more wow. of that Christmas cheer. Well, maybe not some people, but I tell you what, as, as sick as I've been for the last two weeks, my household is full of Christmas cheer. I don't, I don't have my uh, Christmas jumper on right now. Uh, I didn't bring it down with me to London, uh, but it is, it is at home and I have been wearing it. It is an elf, you know, elf, the movie elf. Oh, yeah. The green one. Yeah. It's delightful. I'll, I'll, I'll post some pictures uh, when I put it on for, for the Christmas period. Yeah, and I've gone, I've gone uh, Clark Griswold at the front of the Valkyrie household. Um, there are there. I, I added to the, to the collection this year and I spent 150 pounds on a, uh, on a deer. That, that lights up uh nice. so when you walk past my house there's uh the uh the sort of like snowdrop led lights from the windows there's a santa and and reindeer uh sort of neon rope uh light hanging off the bottom of one of the windows and there is a large stag lit up in in in, in white leds by the front door and a a projector uh, an LED projector that projects like moving snowflakes on the garage door. It is, it is quite something. <laughs> Sam, have you any idea how much damage you are doing to the environment? Oh Absolutely man, I'm, I'm, disgusting. I'm, I'm fucking shit up this Christmas. Uh, my my uh, my Christmas resolution is to is to burn as much fossil fuel as possible. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna do donuts. Uh, we got a we got a new driveway done, so I'm just gonna do donuts on the driveway just to burn that sweet sweet diesel from mm. uh, from my car. Christmas cheer is actually a euphemism for burning coal. Yeah, you know, and, and I might just run like a dozen Bitcoin miners in the garden. <laughs> shits and giggles. Very nice, very nice indeed. Now I'm all about the festive spirit, man. I'm mulled wine. The like the the Christmas radio has been on since November. Uh, I love it. Like, as I, I think I've said this before, coming from the Southern Hemisphere, Christmas is a bit of a letdown when it's fucking 40 degrees and mm. sweating your balls off and you're eating a barbecue um, which and maybe some seafood. Okay, the seafood... With a sand hat on, yeah. It's not the same. It's just not the same, dude. Got to be freezing, yeah. yeah. It's gotta, you got to be freezing your balls off, jumping into snow and having roasties and mulled wine. That's, that's Christmas. 
Yeah, big time. I love Christmas, man. Uh, Christmas is a really, uh, really nice season. I was actually thinking, I was uh, thinking the other day, I've never, ever had eggnog. And what? this Christmas, I will. I will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely going to do it. Yeah, uh, eggnog's shit. It's not yeah. as good as mulled wine, but it's pretty fucking good. All right. Well, you got more of that protein in there, so you can pretend it's healthy or some shit. <laughs> yeah. it's, like my, it's like my wine theory. Wine are grapes. Grapes are fruit. Fruit's good for you. Wine's good for you. Happy days. <laughs> There's all that shit about, uh, there's that weird element in red wine that comes from the skins. Is it resveratrol? But like there's some study that somebody did that said you live five years longer or something. And that's been used to justify so much alcoholism. <laughs> yeah, I love these studies. Like every now and then, I don't know who puts them out, but it must be someone that's just like, you know what, we haven't put out a wine or, or something that everyone says is bad for you is actually good for you. So we yeah. need to put out a piece that says, actually, what you thought was bad for you was good for you. I heard one the other day. I dropped Max off at nursery and I was driving home and, uh, and, and in the morning and on the radio, they, it was like a new study that said like, you can have up to like 10 cups of coffee a day and that's good for you. And I was just like, yes, yes. Cause I, li I literally, if I haven't had like four cups by lunchtime, it's an unusual day. So I was pretty happy with that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh mate, they, we need to get these guys on site and you know, they, they, then they can justify all this booze we're drinking. I mean, uh, you know, you know, how many, maybe they can, they can they at least argue that, you know, 10, 10, 10, uh, not 10 units, but maybe 20 units a day is actually good for you. Is there some, maybe some contrarian scientist out there who's willing to help us out? I want to know which jackass came up with the whole idea of a unit anyway. I think it's bullshit. I think that they, a unit should be like a whole pint. We're like, I think a whole pint's like two and a half units or something. How can it even say, how can it even be called a unit? when one unit is called a unit, it should have a name. It should be named after somebody like all the other units. But it's also, like, so, it's like, it's, it's so each to their own as well. Like a unit for me is not gonna be the same as a unit for you or a unit for my wife or a unit for my child. Exactly, not that Max yeah. is pissed, but you get the, you kind of get the idea, right? Yeah, of course, of course. You know, <laughs> yeah, but it should be named after somebody, right? So the guy who created oh, units, or well, maybe I bet he had like a really boring name or something, but you know, yeah, come on. Yeah. His, you know name when, was, his name was John Unit. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he was a unit. Yeah, now he can't have been a unit if he was, you know, studying alcohol stuff for the government. I mean, come on. He was the, he was Britain's strongest man. <laughs> Maybe he was a darts player. He the his at the office at the scientific office Christmas party four years mm -hmm. in a row. They said, you know what, John Unit, we're going to name this measure of alcohol after you. On the topic of uh, of alcohol consumption and measuring it. Uh, Sam, are you familiar with the Guinness Challenge? Uh, no, no, no. Right. I think our last BBB was before I went to Belfast. Yes. Um, and I was, yeah, I was on holiday there for a week. And I had no, I, I've drank so much Guinness in my life. And I never knew what the Guinness Challenge was until uh, a Northern Irish friend of mine actually explained it to me. Uh, so this is if you get the normal Guinness glass. Uh, and this works either on the old school Guinness glasses, where uh, it, is, it is effectively a pint glass that's slightly shaped, and the newer ones, which actually have sort of these indents in the size to make it slightly curvier. Yeah. What you need to do is in your first scoop, so it doesn't need to be one, all in one gulp, but you know, in your first drink of it, before you take it away from your lips, you need to drink down, the, the black line of the Guinness needs to go down to in between the top of the G and the bottom of the harp. And uh, that's, the, that's the challenge. And uh, it's actually very addictive. And once you've done it once, 
you can kind of get the knack for it and everyone's different and it's very very fun i would highly recommend it I, 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 that must be harder than you realize because obviously when you when you take the drink you have no real conception of how much no. you are taking until you pour until you tip that glass back yeah yeah so you have to try it several times first you know it's definitely somebody who did marketing for guinness who came up with this idea because <laughs> once you, what, what if you haven't done it you'll keep having pints until you've done it and then once you've done it you want to see if you can do it again so, it's so what's, what's the penalty if you don't do it oh well you know uh, you've got well, the penalty is you've got to wait until the end of your pint before you can get another pint okay and what's what the reward if you actually nail it uh, well, you've you succeeded the Guinness challenge. You, <laughs> you, you show it to your mates at the table, and you say, you know, it's glory. I've done it. Like the yeah. cinnamon challenge. If you if you win the cinnamon challenge, you it's forever immortalized uh, in in folklore. Oh yeah, I'm at a cinnamon challenge, man. That that brings me back. I was at school when that shit was going on. People <laughs> trying to eat a ladle full of cinnamon and shit. It seems like every few years it just comes back as well. And everyone's like, ah, this is actually really funny watching people just burn their mouth with cinnamon. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait. A friend of mine and I actually came up with a new challenge called the 88 uh, while we were in Belfast. Uh, so at the end, uh, it was the last, it was the evening, I think it was the last night uh, of our, of our, uh, our booze trip in Belfast. And, you know, the Guinness does taste better over there. I thought it was it just a meme. It I thought it was a meme, but it is actually true. Um, yeah, at the end of it, we were trying to figure out how many pints of Guinness that we drank. Uh, and because we were we were quite heavy, we did drink other things too, but we were going pretty hard on the Guinness because we were always trying to get the Guinness challenge. And uh, at the end of the week, uh, we uh, did rough calculation um, and it came out to, that we'd probably drank 80 pints over the course of the week of Guinness. <laughs> Uh, but we asked the guy behind the bar, and it's 88 pints of Guinness are in a keg. So the uh -huh. 88 challenge, uh, and we thought, you know, if we'd had one more day, we could have gone hard and we could have done it. But uh, the 88 challenge is to, do, is to drink 88 pints of Guinness in within one week. Um, and yeah, and, uh, and uh, I, one day I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So this is, this is interesting you bring this up, because at this time of the year, I'm always up for a good challenge. And um, when I was living in Australia... Um, my brother and I were always up for a good challenge. And, and one Christmas, we decided uh, that we would have a little intraday challenge with each other. Um, and the challenge was who could drink a slab of beer in a day. Um, and to be fair, what it wasn't even really a day. It was, it was, a, it was an afternoon from, from lunch. A what of beer? A slab. So a slab of beer in Australia is a 24 can or bottle uh, box of beer. Are these the small cans you get over there that you don't get here? 330 mils, yeah. Okay, right, Coke. So okay, yeah. that's still a yep, yep. lot of alcohol. <laughs> 24 times 330 mils is a lot of litres of beer um, in an afternoon. And uh, so we decided to do it because we will go around to my auntie's place for a Christmas uh, barbecue and we each brought a slab of beer and proceeded to get basically paralytic uh, over the afternoon. But right. the good news is, is that we both succeeded. Um, so there you go. There's another challenge. If anybody wants to do the slab challenge, uh, a, a carton, 24, 330 mil cans or bottles of beer in an afternoon. Um, have, good Get luck slabbed. with that. 
Get, get slammed. And another one we did as well is I was living with my brother and a mate of uh, mine, uh, Robbie, Robbie Castle. I don't know if Rob listens to, to booze, 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 booms and bust, but um, anyway. So me, Ben and Rob, we had a bit of money uh, that we had got for taking, well, actually Rob took care of the garden uh, at the apartment block we were living at for some old people uh, and they gave him like a heap of cash for it. Anyway, we spent all the money on slabs of beer um, and we, we built a Christmas tree out of the slabs that we had <laughs> built. Um, and this, the, the, slab, this, the slab tree was at least six foot high um, we're all six foot and it was, it was at least to eye level with us. We're all over six foot. So it was, it was eye level to us um, with the solid base moving its way up. So there had to have been, there had to have been at least a dozen slabs. Uh, and the aim was to basically drink it between Christmas and New Year's. Nice. Um, now I can't hundred percent remember because of the volume <laughs> that we had to do, but it was another, it was another great Christmas tradition that I feel needs to be brought back. The, the slab tree challenge. Can you drink? A Christmas tree size, uh, Christmas tree of beers within the space of seven days, a week, basically. There yeah. you go. That's another challenge for anyone that's interested for these kinds of drinking Christmas challenges. Anyone want to get slabbed? This is how you do it. This is how you the do it. Challenge. Mm. This is this is why we do a podcast where we sink piss and talk about shit because we are lifelong booze heads <laughs> yeah this is uh yeah, it's a tricky one i um yeah you know looking back over the past year uh there have been you know i can count on i'd be able to count on probably on both hands the number of days where i've not had a drink <laughs> you know in all, it's, i think it's under 10 the number of days where i've not had a drink um and they're just uh, it's just a tricky tricky habit to stop and uh but at the same time, I don't really want to stop. So, yeah. Yeah, I like I've discussed this with my wife, and you know, it's 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 a bit it's a bit different when you've got kids because the last thing you want to do is be up at two o'clock in the morning. Exactly. Yeah. Having having been hungover, but even then, we're just like, oh, yeah, like we like, we should wind back drinking. Like we do, we but we still, you know, every, every sort of other night, if there's not a glass of wine in the house. Uh, in our hand, then it's a surprising night. Even just now, it's like I was messaging her on on the way down into into London, and she stocked up on a whole bunch more wine uh, for the Christmas period. And then she said, "You should probably do a majestic run." Uh, majestic wines being our local yeah. wine merchant, she should probably do a majestic run when you get back. And I was like, "Yeah," it's like Christmas is literally a week away, and I reckon there's at least got to be about two dozen bottles of wine in our house, which probably won't survive much past Boxing Day. I would have thought. <laughs> Yeah, see, you say that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you'll maybe you'll need to do another one before uh, before you get it. Well, it's one of those things, right? It's it's when it's in the house, it gets drunk. It's like, oh, we'll have it in the house, just you know, for the exactly. Yeah, same, same. We were gonna do it like two weeks ago, and we were like, oh, we'll, we'll go stock up now. And we were like, actually, if we stock up now, we're gonna have to stock up again before Christmas because we're just gonna drink it all. Yeah, when it's just when it's just present, it has to be consumed. Uh, yeah, it's a tricky one. Is it, if I if I had if I wanted to stop drinking, I would need to remove alcohol. There couldn't be any alcohol in the house. I think. I think I'd probably have to cut my hands off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I think, see there being any other way. Yeah, I think. Yeah, this is one of the reasons why I'm considering dropping booze for Lent because, um, 
Yeah, I mean, it'll, it would be really tricky. And it can't oh, be... There, as... there you go, folks. Uh, you will not be getting any booze, boobs and busts over the Lent period. No, no, I'm thinking there's <laughs> got to be some way of, of doing this. I could maybe, I could maybe rate my, uh, my, uh, my chewing tobacco or something on the show. There's got to be some way of doing it. But it's, uh, as I say, it's just get, this is a working title. I'm just considering it. Consid- <laughs> it can be harder to drop booze than, it, than to drop food like I did this year. Surely it can't be as hard. Uh, so, yeah, that's why it's on the table. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, speaking no, of which, Sam. To, to give up anything like that is, is difficult. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say we're addicts, but, <laughs> but maybe. Yeah, I guess it all depends <laughs> on your perspective, right? Um, yeah, right. What, what are you drinking this evening, Sam? Give us a rating. Uh, well, so I, I, I am back on the alcohol, uh, but I haven't actually had a chance to get to a beer shop because I've had to come in for a meeting and... Uh, the trains were delayed and cancelled and it was just all a bit of a shit fight really today. Um, so I'm drinking some wine that was fortunately dropped off at the office um, all right. by some, some kind people. Uh, and it is a, uh, uh, I can't even remember what it is. It's a Grenache, um, a Grenache something. And it's like a combination of something. It's from South Africa and it's a white wine and it's alcoholic and it's not exactly beer, but it's the first alcoholic drink I think I've had in two or three weeks. So it must taste good then, right? It's shit ass. I'm not gonna lie. It's fucking rubbish. <laughs> it's 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 what it, it's like. I knew it as soon as I poured it into the glass. You know, sometimes like you pour white wine into a glass, and it just kind of looks more orange than it should. Um, it's one of those. It's 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 not the best thing I've ever had in the world. Yeah. It's actually probably one of the worst. But it's, wow. It's serving a purpose. It's, is this going to get that AAA rating? Uh, it, it feels like it shouldn't fit in our rating system because it's wine. But if I had yeah. to rate, rate it as wine, then uh, it's pretty fucking close. <laughs> Damn. Uh, that's a, you know, breaking a beer fast of weeks with that is um, <laughs> feels blasphemous somehow. But, you know, I'm sure you'll get something better later. At this stage, um, I'm just happy to get my hands on anything. I, funnily enough, I was in the office recently and, uh, you know, just earlier this week, I am indeed in London as well. Uh, and yeah, there was a, there was a bottle of Blockhead uh, on my desk uh, from which, I mean, that feels like a long time ago, Sam, when we had Blockhead made. Yeah, wow. uh, But it wasn't that long ago. Uh, was that this year or was that last year? That, where the halvening was 2020. So, yeah, I think it's got to have been 2020. God. Yeah. Crazy, <laughs> crazy, crazy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was the, um, I'm pretty sure that was last year. But yeah, it is great to be drinking Blockhead. I, I, this actually tastes even better than the last time I had it. So very. Yeah, I think it, I think it drinks better. The, I've kept, I've still got a few at home and I've had a few recently on, uh, well, not, not the last couple of weeks, but sort of in the last sort of, I think it was about a month ago. Uh, yeah. And I think it's gotten better. Yeah, yeah. This tastes, I mean, it was already good, but this tastes even mellower. Um, so a very pleasant drink. Of course, we can't rate our own, our own partner, partnered beer through Cheddar Ales, but this is very good indeed. Very good. And next year, we shall hopefully have some more brews coming from Cheddar Ales. Um, yeah, they've been very busy as well, as you would imagine, during Christmas period, the festive period, to get all that booze out to all the people who no doubt really need it. 
and another reminder that if we do go into lockdown, for everyone to support local industry, uh, get behind, you know, companies like Cheddar Owls and, and any other local brewer that might be... Yeah, local breweries, get around them. You know, get around them, order from them. You know, they might not necessarily be able to have people at their, uh, you know, at, at the, 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 the breweries or they might not necessarily be able to supply to... Pubs might not be calling on them as much as usual, but if you can order from the, from the brewery themselves, uh, get on and, and do it and, and support those guys because... You know, small business, local industry getting fucked by the government, uh, and we got to do what we can to support uh, support the little guys and those those small businesses that are the local and, and so important to the areas that we all live in. Yeah, big time. Uh, especially if if there are breweries that you know locally, uh, which own uh, tap rooms or they own pubs, even yeah, uh, yeah. yeah give them uh, give them as much business as you can because. If they do start, I mean, they're already getting uh, shafted with the existing regulations when it comes to spacing and whatnot yeah. uh, and ventilation and the number of tables you can have, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, if they do actually lock everything down again, it will just be another brutal, yeah. Man, <laughs> just those another those ventilation fucking rules, they make, they make me laugh so hard. It's just like, you hear, you hear the ads on the radio and shit sometimes. It's like, uh, ventilate, open the windows to let the coronavirus out. And it's like, it's literally the fucking coldest time of the year when most like old people can't afford heating as it is because energy bills are skyrocketing. And you're telling everyone to open the windows, you fucking idiots. I mean, the, like the, the radio ads do my head in when I hear them uh, about the coronavirus. It just does my tits in. Yeah, they really don't want you to enjoy yourself. No. Can't, can't be doing that. Can't be doing that even during the festive season. Do you know what I'm going to do? Is I'm this this year I'm going to collect every piece of postal mail that I get from like the council or the local MPs or anything like that. I'm going to collect it all year. And then next Christmas I'm going to burn it in a massive bonfire, and so that I can probably sustain the heat and energy of my house over the entire Christmas period just from the shit that they send me every year. And that would mean that I save on my energy bills. So maybe we should all look to do that: is to save the planet by hoarding the crap that gets sent to us by local and national government and then burning the shit out of it next Christmas so we can all stay warm. It's interesting. It's interesting that, uh, Sam. There is a a lady, uh, an acquaintance I know, uh, who after the first lockdown burned all her masks uh, (laughs) in her back garden. Like she She was so pleased it was over. And sadly, of course, lockdown came back in again, so she probably had to buy some more. Maybe she repeated the ritual. Um, but yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, there's, there's something to be said for, for destro- uh, destroying things using fire. However, the smell of a paper fire is not actually the most pleasing in my experience, you know, burning paper, like just doesn't quite smell that right. Yeah. Look, to be fair, the only thing that has ever smelt good is, is, is dried wood. Everything else that you burn smells like ass. It's mm. horrible. Hair smells like it's horrible. Green, green foliage is horrible. Paper is horrible. Um, you know, evidence is horrible. Um, you know, burning all those sorts of things, just horrible. Cigars are pretty good, but you know, I think I like the smell of a bonfire. I miss the smell of a yeah. bonfire. Yeah. yeah. And, oh, like when you're driving somewhere or you're going for a walk and you, someone's got a, a, a fire going and you, you hit that smell. That's a very Christmassy kind of thing as well, actually. I mm. Definitely a winter thing. Yeah. 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 Because again, you don't get that in the southern atmosphere at this time. No one's, 
No, it's happened. It's like it's you can't literally. You can literally sometimes on some days not even have a barbecue outside because there's a complete fire ban. So uh, those kinds of lovely wintry Christmassy smells do not exist. Uh, it's somewhere like Australia at this time of the year. Yeah, no, Sam, I, there's a couple of things I'd like to ask you about the Aussies right now. Uh, yeah, I was remarking to my girlfriend uh, today. I had, I, you know, I wanted to go to Australia. You know, when I was a kid, right, when I was like 12 or something, I wanted to fly uh, a micro light over Australia, right? That was like one thing I wanted to do when I was an adult. I really yeah. wanted to do it because Australia is just so bloody massive, as you know. Um, and there's, I mean, I've really wanted to go to Tasmania, as in fact, we've remarked on some of our earlier yeah. Booze, Booms and Bust episodes. But now, given what the Australian government is up to, yeah. I don't think I can bring myself to even go there. It's crazy. Can you like, what's up with the quarantine camps? Like, can you oh. tell me what's actually going on with that? What, what's with that? Whose idea was that? Wow. So, so every state now has quarantine camps. And, and, and to be honest with you, so I'm, I'm Australian. I'm an Australian citizen. Uh, I don't want to go back. I, I, I genuinely, I've got like my dad and my brother, I might have said this before, I don't know. But, you know, I've got my close friends, my, my whole, most of my life is in Australia. Uh, I don't want to go back. I, I have no desire to go back. Um, while I miss all those people, I just cannot face that level. I mean, it's pretty bad here in the UK as well, but not that level. Not, no, not on the same level. I mean, not as much as it's bad. shit here, like that level is extreme. Yeah. Like they're, they're looking at finding people who are unvaccinated for coughing in public. Um, and these quarantine camps, right? And so the other thing is that there's a, you know, they, they are they are literally taking Indigenous Australians from their uh, from where they live because in a lot of these communities, the remote communities, they live in large groups, they're large families, you know, 10, 20 people, um, and and they they you know, look, the COVID does get into these communities, but they're taking them out of these communities and putting them into some of these uh, quarantine camps in isolation. And if you've lived your whole life uh, amongst people, amongst, you know, family, and all of a sudden you're taken away from your community and put into a, into a camp. In, in isolation. isolation. I mean, this is obscene, what is, what is happening. And you don't, you don't see loads of it in the media because it's, no. the media can't cover this. Um, but there are, there are enough people out there that are doing the right thing and reporting about these. And you see bits of it, you see snippets of it in the mainstream media, but they never, they never really sort of go into the detail as to what it is. You know, the headline is, you know, uh, three people escape from quarantine uh, uh, in, in, in Alice Springs. And the reality is, is that those three people were indigenous Australians that were taken from their community and they were escaping because they wanted to get the fuck back home uh, and really? shouldn't have been in those camps to start with. So there's exactly. some serious issues happening out there, man. That, that it really makes me sad to be Australian. Yeah, there was a, there was a, I, you know, there was a comment made, and this was before it even got as extreme as I understand it has, where, you know, uh, here in the UK, you know, we're always, uh, we've got the sort of friendly rivalry with, uh, with the Aussies and, you know, you guys are the prison colony. And somebody was saying that it's not the prisoners that you, that it, it, now it's not the prisoners that we had to worry about. It was the jailers who, uh, who seemed to have carried on their their role in australia and uh, it's, it's very sad sam uh you know it's a yeah i can't imagine what it's like life yourself as an australian but um i'll give you i'll give you another example of how fucked it is right and so this is a little uh thread i had with my brother so i uh my wife and i sent out so my cousin uh my cousin my, my nephew 
uh, out in Australia, my brother's son. I think he's, uh, how old is he now? I think he's seven, seven years old. Maybe eight, maybe eight, seven or eight. Anyway, uh, so we sent him out a Christmas package and it had a couple of things in it. It had a, a homemade Christmas tree decoration that my wife made for him. I had a homemade um, Christmas card from my boys, um, you know, a bunch of personal stuff. We threw in a couple of packets of Percy Pig Christmas sweets, um, you know, just a real bunch of really lovely homemade stuff. And then also a Christmas present, right? And now I was like, what do you get a seven-year-old who loves, you know, BMX and going over the BMX jumps and, and yeah. you know, going up to the snow and stuff in the winter and that? I was like, you know what? I'm going to get him an action camera. You know, not a not a GoPro, but one that's of, of pretty much as good a quality. Not cheap, but not like GoPro level. So we'll get him an action camera. So we put it all into a, into a box, all the homemade stuff, all the you know the sweets, and the action camera, which has an inbuilt uh, lithium-ion battery, rechargeable battery. It's it's inbuilt into the camera. Right. So we sent that off in mid-November so that it would get to him by Christmas. Earlier this week, um, the package was returned to us by Royal Mail. And along with it was a letter that said, and I'll read this out. It says, Royal Mail security screening undeclared dangerous goods. Now, bear in mind, there are homemade decorations, homemade Christmas cards, a packet of Percy pigs and an action camera. And the Royal Mail has said these are undeclared goods and that they take the... Um, the, 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 upon examination, so they opened it up and had a look. So that's the other thing. They opened everything and had a look. They determined that certain items breached the dangerous goods transport regulations. Good uh, it says, in the interests of safety, you are urged to ensure you do not send items classified as dangerous goods. So my nephew is now not going to get any of this for Christmas. Oh, because Royal Mail has returned it. Um, I messaged my brother to tell him that he would not be receiving these goods now by Christmas. Uh, my brother responded with welcome to the Australian Communist Party um, because I said to him, the fucking penal colony's gone nuts. Um, but this is, the, so this is the other thing. Like, again, my wife made some, some jewellery for my auntie earlier this year um, and went to send it out to Australia. But it, you can't send jewellery into Australia because it is on the list of banned uh, goods that you cannot send into the country. I mean, th this so why? Is, what was the what's the thinking with banning jewellery? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, protecting local industry, maybe. I mean, no, it's sort of ridiculous nature that we have to deal with that you can't send a, a box of, of, of Christmas goods that was opened and inspected. Clearly, I might add. Um, but deemed to be of, of great risk to, uh, to all those uh, in the Royal Mail Service and the Australian Postal Service. This is the shit we have to deal with. And, and people wonder why, that we, why we hate these kinds of services and why, why the government is a, is a piece of shit. Yeah, you yeah. can't send uh, Christmas stuff at Christmas. I mean, it's anyway, it is. Rant it is. over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's yeah. Well, it's, well, it's cathartic to to get back to old Triple B, eh, Sam? You know, let off a bit of steam. A bit of steam. Have a have a, have a few drinks. Let off a bit of steam. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Do you reckon, uh, you know, all being wealthy, if your recovery continues, do you reckon you'll be able to do another one of these before Christmas, or will uh, it be a 
Look, to, be, to be honest, I think it's going to be challenging. So next Friday is Christmas Eve. Uh, I, I will probably be in full dad mode. So it might be a little tricky. Uh, so we, we, we shouldn't promise anything. But oh, if Maurice. we over-deliver, then, then we <laughs> That's fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. I'm, well, I'm glad we've managed to get this one. Uh, this one done, Sam. It has been too long since we'd had a triple B. So. Uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get one done before New Year. That would be good. Uh, but in, in, in the event that it is not, to all those listening, uh, we both wish you a very Merry Christmas. And a we do. Year. Yeah, I think, um, I think we should probably say is that there's a lot of shit going on right now. It's pretty, pretty uncertain. A lot, like, a lot of people are anxious. Like I've got friends that are really anxious about everything right now. Um, I, don't, I don't think there's any great need to be anxious or worried or scared. Um, everything indicates that what's happening right now is not, not even close to being as serious uh, as it was. I mean, take your own information where you get it from, um, you know, make your own decisions, uh, but try not to buy into the, to the fear cycle that gets propagated around. Um, there's a lot to look forward to, a lot to be happy about. As, as we pointed out, it's a festive period. Enjoy each other and Christmas and the spirit of Christmas and all of that. Um, nothing's ever as bad as it seems to be. Like, like you, Calvin and Hobbes, you know, <laughs> it could be better, wasn't it? It couldn't yeah. be worse, but it could also be better. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah you take the bad with the good. Uh, take certainly. The, bad with the good and the good with the bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I hope everybody who is listening to this, you know, you manage to find some time to, you know, cherish your friends and family, uh, spend some time with them, have a good time, yeah. drink some booze if you are so inclined. Yeah. Uh, and, and altogether, you know, forget about all the bullshit and just have a good time. So uh, that is all from us for episode 67. We shall be back with episode 68. We don't know when, hopefully before the end of the year. But if not, we hope you guys have a great Christmas and Hogmanay, and we'll see you whenever the next one is in the next one. Bye-bye.